0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the EMG Girl podcast. I'm Mark Koskiela and today I'm pleased to be sharing a recent interview I did with Tanya Doe, CEO of the Debiopharm Innovation Fund. I caught up with Tanya to discuss all things digital health, including her advice for any aspiring life sciences entrepreneurs and the potential for digital tools to improve life expectancies in cancer. It's a great episode, so do sit back, relax and enjoy. How are you, Tanya?
1: I'm good, thanks, Mark. Yeah, wonderful to be here today.
0: And Great to have you on. So, Tanya is the CEO of the Debiopharm Innovation Fund, a firm that invests in digital health companies that are focused on transforming patient journeys and clinical trials through data and AI. She has had a lengthy and impressive career in life sciences, holding senior positions within companies across Switzerland, Finland, the US and Canada, including as the managing director of InnoMedica and the chairwoman of the boards of GenePoc, Kaiku Health and OnComfort. Her passions include digital health, big data and AI in drug development, as well as precision medicine. We're excited to have her on today to look at the future of digital health tools within the pharmaceutical industry. So let's get cracking. Um, as with all good stories, let's let's start at the beginning. So, Tanya, what, what drew you to working as an entrepreneur and innovator in the life sciences industry?
1: Right. So um, <laughs> the story starts from my childhood. I would say my, my father was a doctor, a surgeon, and he would always talk about his day at um at our dinner table. And I was fascinated about these stories. Um about patients and their diseases, and i I must have been five years old um when by the time I knew everything about human anatomy and the typical surgical interventions um we you know my father would show you know you cut through here. Um, in your stomach to get to the appendix or whatnot, so that kind of started my my fascination in, in medicine and and growing up studying biochemical engineering and kind of thought throughout the studies on you know how can I how could I take some of the problems that the medical problems that my father was always talking about and and bring bring some better technologies to help patients. And uh, that, that's kind of how I how I got in got into this medical and innovation area. I started my first company straight out of university because I I really <laughs> I was convinced that I had good ideas, and and I didn't want to start from a job where someone else would be telling me what to do. And um, of course, that led to a very steep and very quick learning curve, because as an entrepreneur, I had to get someone to pay for what I was doing. And um, it's really been interesting to be able to be creative and, and build solutions um, in, this, in this area, um, in, in healthcare. Um, I, I think, I, you know, it's just something that I love doing.
0: Great. Thank you. And, and, and really fascinating to hear there about how you uh, you set up your first company straight after university. I mean, what, what advice would you maybe give to some of our, our younger audience in terms of, you know, being at the start of, of a career and how to kind of overcome some of those initial challenges?
1: One advice is, is get some experience um, before you start up a company. But because I know that I didn't do that, I also would advise don't do it. Don't, you know, um, when you're straight out of university and you've seen a problem, you come up with these completely fresh ideas that you know people who've been in the industry for for years might find that you know you can't do this because x y z you you might want to listen to them a little bit, but you you must believe that you you're an expert in the new world. Forget about experience and forget about um, you know uh, taking the conventional route. Just do it. Start your company and believe in your dreams.
0: That's great great advice there. Great advice. Just just do it. Um and 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 picking up on that that point in terms of the future, obviously, you know, there's huge potential in in digital and digital health tools. So what are the most surprising ways that digital health tools are revolutionizing drug development? And c- could you give us a few concrete examples?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I would say that it's a, it's been an interesting journey, because we first thought that AI will solve everything. Um, and, and we were really excited about bringing AI to uh, drug development. Then we realized that it's not going to happen immediately and and not not easily. You know, data needed to be cleaned and aggregated. Data ownership and security issues needed to, needed to be solved. And and we kind of put the AI to the side for a bit and moved towards looking for you know workflow solutions, easier, smaller point solutions. For whether it was patient communications or scheduling appointments or keeping patients in clinical trials or, and so on, but in the in the kind of background, we still kept cleaning data, aggregating data, making you know those basic um, kind of the basis for 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 doing something with AI. We, we've built the background, and I think that we are starting to come to a a, a moment again where we're saying. OK, now let's apply AI now. And I, I think that, it, you know, we, we have a huge chance on, on changing the way we do medicine. In silico modeling, um, we could we should model um, drugs in disease models um, where, you know, kind of on, on the computer. But um, instead of going directly to humans or or animals, uh, we should simulate the efficacy and safety of drugs in virtual patient populations, and we can do it today. These these technologies have developed. But maybe maybe kind of you, you said a word surprising in the beginning. What is what what is one of the most surprising um, things for me has been the effect of digital therapeutics or companion digitals in cancer. Because you can imagine that, you know, if, if you want to uh, quit smoking or you have ADHD, you might be able to affect the patients di- through digital therapeutics. But who would have thought that using an app to help patients manage their side effects and, and do symptom tracking would have actually enabled um five to up to nine months of extended overall survival in cancer. To me, that was so surprising that such a small improvement that should just be, you know, maybe was first thought that, oh, it's great for patients, but does it really have a huge medical value? It has incredible medical value. I mean, we develop drugs for cancer that extend the overall survival by, you know, a few months. But just by using a digital app to help patients manage symptoms and track symptoms would help them extend their, their survival and improve their, their quality of life. But there's so many other ways that we can help patients. And, you know, th- these, for example, Kaiko Health and Voluntis that we have invested in in the past, um, these are examples of, of these type of companies
0: that's absolutely fascinating there to hear about um the the app you referenced and and that extension in kind of life expectancy i mean in, in your opinion what what would you put that down to is it just the patient is just that much more invested in in their treatment and, and it gives them a focus
1: uh there's there's yes well there's many many things i mean there's little signals that you can get from the patient when things are going to certain direction and if you do you know, if you collect a lot of patient data, you can start doing pattern recognition. And these little signals will tell in, you know, a few days in advance that something's about to happen and you can interfere much earlier. And it, it really has, um, you know, that's so it's, it's the patient engagement. It's, of course, the patient feeling that they can do something about their condition. But it's also really being able to anticipate and predict and prevent events from happening.
0: Absolutely fascinating, Lena. Thank you. And, and I guess specifically focusing more on, on, on Debiot Farm. So, what work is Debiot Farm doing to, to move this digital revolution forward?
1: Well, the, the first thing is, of course, investing. I mean, and the, the, the Debiot Farm Innovation Fund that invests in digital health. We, we're investing to help build this future, the digital health future and we build it because you know we we want to build it but we also want to be be a part of it we want to be a front runner in in deploying these new technologies and for example we've collaborated with nuclei in some of our um clinical studies to see if we can find maybe patient groups that better benefit from our drugs and so we're we're kind of we're investing in order to build the future together with the startups but we're also investing so that our colleagues on the pharma development side can you know, faster pick up on new technologies and, and collaborate maybe with our portfolio companies and um, yeah, to really be an early adopter.
0: Great, thank you, thank you. And, and, and moving forward, so what, what in your view does the, the pharmaceutical industry have to gain from digital health and smart data?
1: oh that that it's a lot i think i i mentioned earlier this simulation i mean there's no airplane there's no boeing plane that gets up in the air without simulation and you know we still put drugs in animals and humans without simulation so you know we we, we clearly have a gap that we can we can do um i think the bigger impact in general is in making drug development faster and and cheaper you know healthcare issues the the aging population and cost of healthcare these healthcare issues are they they touch pharma as well we need to do our part of making health more efficient and more 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 accessible and and affordable you know and and pharma industry is a is is a very difficult business um there's extreme regulation around everything we do and you know the complexity of biological sciences is, is is something that you can't you can't there there's it's it's not like banking business it's 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 very complex we've we've we you know pharma industry for those reasons we have been the last industry to do um, digital transformation but but now is the time I believe that we have enough div, you know well developed um, um, software enough, enough uh, we can handle huge amounts of data with genomic data, with imaging data. And it's, this is the time to transform our industry into, into the digital future.
0: So with, with that in mind then, so what, what does the future benefit for, for patients look like?
1: I would say um, knowledge of their own health uh, so, so for patients in the future, having knowledge of your own health and having the capability to affect your own health and measure it themselves is extremely important you know we we i want everyone to understand their own predispositions you you need to be able to have your own genetic profile you need to understand what might be your you know you know are you are you the type of person that might have um, um, you know, higher genetic disposition for cardiovascular diseases or, or metabolic diseases or something else. Um, if you understand that you can prevent, um, you can, you can prevent through digital tools. Um, you, you need to, you can, you, I think the future, the patient of the future should know better when medical attention is needed so that they don't go for you know annual checkups or they don't forget to go to the doctor for three years because they think they're healthy but they actually are able to measure and follow their own health better um you know i always joke about my teenage kids because you know they're digital natives and they call me you know and everybody you know over 30 years old they call them boomers but (laughs) <laughs> it's it's also that us as boomers, um, we we are um, we've accepted the type of healthcare where we don't have our own data, we don't know what's going on. Uh, they will not. We need to build the future for them.
0: No, definitely, a- absolutely fascinating, and 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 really, I guess that is that bringing the patient centricity kind of a, a step on. I guess, isn't it? Absolutely. I guess rather than looking forward for the for the last question today, one to kind of reflect back, and it's obviously been a an extraordinary year for health and life sciences. But what have been your personal and industry highlights for twenty twenty one?
1: Let me start with the kind of industry highlights. I I I see three things that I've you know really really um, have been highlights in in twenty twenty one. First, the immense acceleration in adoption of digital tools in healthcare. Whether it's a patient or whether it's a healthy individual that wants to take care of their own health, this this acceleration and adoption of these tools has been phenomenal. The second one is uh, the evidence of how 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 changing behavior has a measurable effect in health outcomes. I mean the digital therapeutics, the wellness tools, the the nooms um, that help with managing your your weight. Um, all those digital therapeutics companies have gotten huge amount of proof um, to show that this type of you know changes can really have a huge effect on on your health. I, I really think that the the behavioral science has has done huge um, um, you know advances in 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 2021 or at least has shown uh, clinically validated um, data to back up their claims. The third one has been the maturation of digital health field in general. We've seen several unicorns. We've seen, seen some very high profile MNAs. This all means that you know we are still in, I would say early to m- mid-early innovation, uh, in digital health, but we are seeing some maturation. And that maturation will, of course um, affect on investability of these companies because we see the the future opportunities for M As um, from the investment community. we need those 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 <laughs> events to happen to to invest. But it's also that once we start having these more mature companies, We start seeing new opportunities because there will be once all these these more mature digital tools are on the market, we will start seeing new gaps. And so there's more room for new innovation again. So I really I really like this stage of industry. So those are the three industry highlights from from personal perspective. um, I have a very interesting highlight from the past year. my father, I started the story from my father who was a doctor, but he's now 86 years old. And he participated in a digital health clinical trial um, in 2021. It was a, a study by Roche on on uh, some cardiovascular um, conditions. And it's incredible because I saw firsthand uh, how continuous measurement uh, Connected devices empowered a patient an, an elderly patient. Um, it really empowered him to see how he's developing. He it encouraged him to, you know, take more steps per day, and it made the patient feel safer. It he felt that you know somebody is looking at my data on a daily basis. And someone will will call me and know what's happened to me in between, and I don't have to tell them. So, just seeing the patient empowerment and the effect of of these type of tools on a on a person that's 86 years old, so you know, never mind the the digital natives, uh, our elderly population is fully uh, um, able to use these technologies. This this has been personally um, for me something that has encouraged me and told me that I'm I'm on the right path this is the industry that I want to be involved with
0: well, what a, what a great way to uh, to end today and, and just hear how that that's really come kind of full circle in terms of uh, from where where you started um yeah no absolutely uh, absolutely fascinating so thank you so much for for coming on today and, and and joining us
1: wonderful thank you so much mark it was a pleasure to speak with you
0: that concludes today's podcast many thanks to tanya for joining us and sharing her insights as well as to all of you for tuning in if you enjoyed the episode why not subscribe we have new podcasts out every tuesday with a range of guests from across the pharmaceutical industry we've also just released a brand new issue of our sister publication gold magazine so do head over to www.emg-gold.com to check that out now so until next time take care and goodbye for now